things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, this is a creative church podcast, and, well, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. Welcome to episode nine of I Crying Corners. You may not know this, but um, we are almost to the end of part one of this journey. Yes, I am actually doing this junk in in like tens. Um, the first ten episodes are actually the foundation of I Crying Corners, and the first ten are what I like to call the essentials that you need to know to embrace love and loving others, so that you can lead yourself and others with uh, what I like to call grit wisdom, and of course, emotional maturity. Um, But I'll tell you more about that in the next episode. I just wanted to give you a heads up because I'm really, really excited about this episode and um, I want you to get caught up. So you haven't gotten caught up or you haven't shared the podcast yet with a friend, feel free to go ahead and do it now so you and your friends can catch up in the next few weeks while I recharge and I write the next episodes. Um, I'm really, really excited, Um, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, today I'm going to give you one of my infamous recaps uh, just to make sure we are all on the same page. As many of us could, you know, either be new to the podcast or maybe missed an episode. But if you're just catching up now, don't worry, I'm going to give you a recap. So first things first, if I had to define I cry in corners, it's a leadership principle. In a nutshell, it says, I know I need to be self-aware to lead myself and people well. And in case anyone was wondering, I have feelings, but I steward my feelings with wisdom. That's pretty much what I cry in corners is. Also, you can't lead yourself or people well if you don't fully grasp uh, that when it comes to leadership, you need to know these things I'm about to break down. Um, So if you're a note taker, write these down and put them somewhere in your office or your house or on your phone. These are the big takeaways of the last eight episodes. Okay, so the first one is, uh, the first episode was called The Why, which is the why behind everything that we're doing here. And here's the big takeaway. You don't need to be perfect to lead. You just need to be willing. You don't need to be perfect to lead. You just need to be willing. The second episode was on feelings. And the big takeaway there was that feelings are meant to guide you, not define you. Third was purpose. And your sole purpose is to love God and love people. The fourth one was sacrifice. Your success may inspire people, but your failures will teach people. That episode, I love that episode. Um, I may have gone back and listened to it myself. Um, Episode five was about fruit. Hashtag blessed be the fruit. Uh, The fruit of your life is not things attained, but instead things you give away. Yep. I loved that one too. Um, Number six, following well. Those who follow well believe the best in people. And seven, the kingdom. You don't have to have a position to have influence. You just need to have Jesus. Amen and amen. Um, (laughs) Number eight, words is what we talked about last week. And you're not responsible for how people respond to your words. You're just responsible for your words. Which leads us to episode nine. And episode nine is all about you. Yep, you. We're going to talk about you. Because now we're best friends, we're nine weeks in, and um, it doesn't matter what you think about you, I believe God has a very, very specific thing that he believes and loves about you, and your uniqueness, and your yes, 
and your stones, and all these things matter to the world. Yep, your yes, your uniqueness, and your stones matter to the world, to the kingdom, and to me. Um, that's going to make sense in a minute. Um, but just so you know, it matters. You matter. And I know you're probably like, lady, I know that. I have great self-esteem. Good. Shush, shush. You can pass this on to somebody else. Also, disclaimer, my cat is a horrible person. Does anybody else have a cat who loves you, but she's just not nice? She's in the room right now and I can't get her out. So if you hear some weird like noises or, you know, me fighting something or a jiggling of a bell, it's her. She runs my life. Okay. Well, now that the disclaimer's gone and you people think I'm a cat lady, whatever, we're going to move on. Okay. Deep breath. If you're sitting and listening and you have a Bible handy, feel free to grab it. Um, if you're driving or working on your fitness, uh, you just keep doing you, boo-boo. I'm going to read this junk out loud. Okay, okay. Before I jump in and start reading, I just want to give you context. Uh, I'm in 1 Samuel 17, um, but if uh, you don't know the story of David, uh, there is this part in the story where he fights Goliath. It's kind of like super famous. Um, I'm going to kind of talk about that story today. Um, so here's David. Uh, he uh, gets sent to the front. Um, where the Israelites are actually fighting the Philistines. And the Philistines have said, hey, uh, let's not waste all the men and kill everyone. Let's just do like man-on-man combat, which apparently was very normal. Um, And so nobody really wants to fight their dude because it's Goliath and he's a giant. And so everyone's kind of freaking out. And so Jesse sends his son David with supplies to the front and he starts hearing all the rumblings of everyone talking about Goliath and the things that Goliath is saying about God and the, uh, the people of Israel. And David is like hyped up on Mountain Dew about it. He is not having it. And his brothers, or his brother, I think is Eliab, he's just kind of like, dude, shut your mouth. You don't know what you're talking about. And he's really upset. So he's like, no, this, this guy's talking smack. Somebody needs to do something. And so Saul catches wind of David, um, King Saul, um, speaking up on behalf of, of everyone. And so David says to Saul, don't let anyone be frightened because of that man. I am his servant and I will go and fight with him. So you have to know that right now, uh, David's a kid. He's like a, he's a teenager when he says this, which makes me feel very weird about like that. Saul was like, this is a good decision. Let's send the kid out there. Anyways, we'll, we'll talk about that on another day. Saul says, Oh, hi, sorry. I'm in verse 32. Now 33. I'm reading out of the voice translation. Uh, don't be ridiculous. Oh, wow. I'm, that's a typo. Don't be ridiculous. You can't fight the Philistine. You're only a youth. Oh, dang. I was just talking smack about Saul and he totally didn't do that. And he has been a warrior since his childhood. You lack age and experience. You know, it's funny how the world will always look at young people and think they're less because of their age and, and their experience. But in here, we're finding that God doesn't look at your age and experience. God looks at your heart and your obedience. And some of you might be a little older and may think you're past your prime, but I'm going to go ahead and say that God will use you whenever. And whether you're young, God will use you whenever. Um, God doesn't need you to be perfect. God needs you to be obedient. And I think that that says that here. Um, anyways, I wasn't supposed to say that. Just felt like sharing it. Anyways, so David jumps back in in 34 and says, I work as a shepherd for my father. Whenever a lion or a bear has come and attacked one of my lambs, I have gone after it and struck it down and rescued the lamb from a predator's mouth. If it turns to me and attacks, I would take it by the chin, beat it, and kill it. So pretty much he's gangster. I've killed both lion and bear, and your servants, I will kill this uncircumcised Philistine too. And since he's dared to taunt the armies of the living God, the eternal one who has saved me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear... 
Um, it will save me from the hand of this Philistine. Uh, David, so gangster. Um, Saul says, go then and may the eternal one be with you. So Saul outfitted David in the king's own armor a bronze helmet to protect his head, and a coat of mail to protect his chest. David strapped on Saul's sword outside the armor and then discovered he could not move because he was uh, not used to the restrictions of the weighty armor. And so David says, look, I'm not used to these things. How can I attack an enemy when I can't even walk? So he removed every bit of Saul's armor and he would fight the Philistine as he had fought the lions and the bears. I love that. He took his staff in his hand and went to the stream to choose five stones. And when he kept it in his pouch in the shepherd's bag, and he put it in his shepherd's bag, he had sling, he had a sling ready and he approached the Philistine. Okay, long story short, he comes up against Goliath. Goliath talks a lot of smack. And David, super gangster, throws his, his stones and he kills Goliath. And so I'm, I'm sure everyone has heard this story at least once. And you're like, Chadi, what the heck does this have to do with me since this whole episode's about me? Well... Your yes matters to the world. Your yes. Just like mine matters to my world, your, yours matters to your world. And like David's yes to fight Goliath affected an entire nation, his family, his friends. Your yes to the giants in your life will affect everything you're attached to. And if you want to lead yourself well, you got to be able to say yes to um, uncomfortable things risky things, scary things, unplanned things, giant things. And the more you step into your yes, the more um, God will refine you um, and who you're meant to be. Uh, David was meant to be king. They had anointed him um, to be king and when he was just a kid, and eventually he was going to have this kingdom. But he was making boss and king decisions long before the keys of the kingdom were ever handed over to him, uh, i.e. this story. You know, God wants to hand over some victories to you, some blessings, some giants, but you are too scared to say yes. And I'm not quite sure what it is. Even as I was processing this podcast and thinking through what a weird subject this is uh, about talking about people I don't know, I felt like God wanted you to know that no matter what you haven't said yes to, your yes matters. And if you want to be all God wants you to be, then you got to start saying yes to the hard things. Disclaimer, David's yes in his teens led to a kingdom, but he didn't become king uh, until he was in his 30s. So yes, don't uh, y- the yes doesn't make your road easier. It just makes it possible. I love this. I had to write it down because I was going to jack it up. But Jesus said yes and was baptized. And then he was sent into a wilderness. The disciples said yes and then experienced extreme persecution. The apostle Paul said yes and then spent his latter years writing letters from a prison cell. It's now our New Testament. And you might think your yes doesn't matter because you're surrounded by a cell or you're surrounded by naysayers and people telling you to shut your mouth. I know I say shush shush a lot, but you got to know you got to know when to speak up. That's really hard for me to figure out. I'm still trying to navigate that. And you might feel alone or you might feel like it doesn't matter and you might feel abandoned, but people are on the receiving end of your yes. Chadi, what do you mean your yes? I mean the, the stepping into all the things God's calling you to. It might be he wants you to serve um, in your church and you're like, nah, I don't really want to do that, but people are attached to your yes. It might be in your job, your boss is asking you to take a position that you maybe don't feel ready for. You got to say yes and step into it because really... 
your yes to scary things will impact so many people. And your yes matters to me, to the world, to the kingdom. Your yes matters to God. Secondly, uh, your yes matters, but your uniqueness matters. Your uniqueness matters. Saul wanted David to wear his gear, right? So we read about it. He put in all this stuff that was Saul's to fight Goliath. And David knew that the giant he was about to face could only be one if he embraced all he was. He can't fight. He can't fight the giant in somebody else's gear. Not all. He had to be who he was, not who Saul was. And I believe in this moment, David had a choice. He could go into battle as a bad replica of someone else or maybe a perfect version of who God made him to be. And I think a lot of us do that. We go into hard situations trying to be a replica of someone else. You know, um, I, I attend a church with pretty much some of the most phenomenal women speakers ever. I mean, I just sit under their teaching sometime and I'm like, oh my God, these chicks are so friggin' amazing. And I remember when I first started teaching, it was like I was just trying to find my voice. And so the first time I, I kind of sounded like one, one person. And then the next time I kind of sounded like another person. And then I just stopped. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I just got to sound like me. And I'm, mine's not going to be as polished and written down. And like, and to this day, if I, I go and I teach on a Sunday, everyone else has these like beautiful written notes. I have like my Bible and a post-it. And God gives, God's like, okay, Chadi, I've down, this is your overflow. And he gives me, like, I would never wish this on you. I wish somebody, I wish God would give me like seven pages of notes. But most of the time, it's just a post-it and my points. And I had to really just embrace who I was. And it's hard and it's scary and it never gets easy. But God didn't promise me things would be easy. He promised me that he would be with me. And I think that in order to embrace your uniqueness, in order to embrace everything you are, you got to be okay with that. You got to be okay with not being a bad copy of someone else and being a beautiful original. My friend and pastor, Carrie Weems, says, if you don't know who you are, when you walk into the room, the room will tell you. And on that day, um, I don't feel like David was going to let anybody tell him who he was. So I feel like today I need to remind you who you are. You are perfectly and wonderfully made. You are more than a conqueror. If you were standing in front of me, I would awkwardly grab your shoulders with tears in my eyes and I would tell you that you're loved. You are believed in. You have purpose and position in the kingdom. You have giants and victories with your name on it and people who are just waiting for your yes and waiting for you to embrace the incredible person that God created you to be. And more than anything else, you have a savior that longs to be near to you, speak to you, and comfort you and give you peace when the world is trying to tell you you have to wear its values and its perspective and all God wants you to know that you just need to be near to him. So choose right now, out loud, say, I embrace my uniqueness. No, no, I'll wait. Go ahead. Seriously, say it. I embrace my uniqueness. Say it out loud. Where are you? If Are you in a coffee shop? Don't say it out loud. That could sound weird. Or whisper it or something. I don't know. I don't know where you're at. You embracing who you uniquely are, your gifts, your talents will affect your team, your kids, your wives, your husbands. So I need you to embrace your uniqueness. You might have slayed some bears and some lions, but you can't slay Goliath if you don't just do you. It matters to the world. It matters to the kingdom. And it matters to me that you embrace all that you are, that you embrace everything that God's called you to be. If that means that um, you lead differently than other people, that's okay. That's okay if it's all rooted in love. You, I just, 
I think it's important, guys, that we step into our uniqueness, the world, everybody, you know, I'm going to say this. Um, if I ever meet them, I'm probably going to regret this. I don't know how to say this without sounding bad, but like everybody wants to look like the Kardashians and they're beautiful. Good for them. But let the Kardashians look like the Kardashians. Like be you. God created you to be you. Like it's, it's, I feel like everyone's trying to be like everybody else. Like there's nothing new under the sun when the reality is, is God has something new and amazing. And I love that verse in Isaiah where it's like, can you perceive that I'm doing a new thing? And he's, he's bringing, um, streams and he's, he's filling this wasteland with all that he's doing. And I'm totally botching that verse, but in order for God to do a new thing, you've got to perceive it. In order to perceive it, you've got to really know what's going on. And you won't know what's going on if you don't know yourself. David knew in that moment that he could not kill Goliath wearing Saul's gear. You cannot slay the giants in life trying to wear the world's gear, trying to lead the way the world wants you to lead, trying to love the way the world wants you to love. You only can do it uniquely, exactly who God made you to be. All right. So let me go through this again. Your yes matters to God. So say yes to crazy, weird, awkward, turtle, hard things that maybe you might not feel ready for. God doesn't need you ready. He needs you obedient. Second, your uniqueness matters. Your uniqueness matters. So if you said it out loud, I respect you. Three, your stones matter. I love it so much when it was like he took his shepherd's bag. He knew exactly where to find the stones. Like sometimes you just got to go back to... uh, what God has done before. Um, I think it was Bill Johnson that said, you have to take the miracles of yesterday and make them um, pertinent to today. I paraphrase that. Um, but sometimes if you don't know what God's saying, you got to go back to what he said. And um, David knew that. I think many times as we embrace new seasons, uh, leadership, uh, giants, we panic and start trying to wield swords uh, we aren't really trained on. And as a result, we fail miserably. (laughs) So um, when I was uh, Pastor Carrie's executive assistant, it was my first job on staff at Celebration. And the girl whose job I took was like super professional, like really professional. Like she dressed like a million bucks. She was just, you know, I think she had like a communications degree or something. And here I am, this like hood rat kid come in. I have like purple hair and a um, weird, uh, you know, mohawk or whatnot. And I'm just like, oh my God, I need to look super professional. So I like, like dyed my hair back my normal color. And I started wearing blazers and heels. And I was just like, I did that for about six months. And then I was like, oh my God, I cannot do this anymore. (laughs) It was the worst, dude. It was like, I was trying to wear her swords. It was like, I was trying to wear her armor. And, um, so I went back, (laughs) I went back to the metaphorical stream and I picked up my five stones and the reason why they hired me. And I just did that. And I excelled at the job and I was awesome at it because I was just doing what God had called me to do. And I used the skills that God had given me to get me there. And so today I want you to embrace the stones God has placed in your hand. You know, um, and Moses, the, the story of Moses, I love Moses. I have a whole thing on Moses and how if I ever met him in the Bible, I'd probably karate chop him in the neck because he asks a lot of questions. Um, but he asked God in that moment at the burning bush. He said, God, you know, what do I do? He was freaking out. He asked God all these questions. And what do I do to fight the Pharaoh? And God said, what's in your hand? So if you're wondering uh, in, in your current situation where you're facing a giant, God's asking you to embrace everything that you are and you're freaking out, just stop. Uh, you are enough, you have enough to be successful exactly where you are because all you need is Jesus and he is more than enough and he will never walk you into a battle he hasn't already prepared for you. 
You have everything you need already to slay your giants. Just go back to the stream and pick up your stones. God, oh my gosh. You know, like I I think of David, he didn't slay Goliath because he was the most skilled soldier. He killed Goliath because he was the most obedient. Sometimes I think about the position I'm in and the people like I think of my interns and the team that God's given me, and it just overwhelms me sometimes, to be honest with you. Like, God, why would you give them to me? Like, they're so talented. They're so amazing, God. Like, and I pray for them, and I seek God about them, because it's like, oh my God, you gave me these people. I just want to be obedient, God. I don't want to, I always say, God, I don't want to be successful. I just want to be obedient. So I'm going to ask you to put down the swords and the metaphorical bows, and just pick up your stones. Chadi, what does that mean? That means you say yes to hard things. That's a stone. You embrace what God, who God made you to be. That's a stone. You remain faithful even when it's hard. That's a stone. You love people so much that you'll fight battles no one else will. That's a stone. And lastly, your desire to see God glorified. That's a stone. Also, my cat just put her hand in my coffee. I can't really talk about it. Oh my God. I can't drink the rest of that coffee now. And scene. Okay. <laughs> totally just threw me off. Uh, what was I talking about, Jesus? Oh, okay. Stones. Anyways, those stones moved David toward victory. Yeah, the yes and the embracing and the faithfulness. <laughs> Stupid cat. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways, guys, what are your stones? What has God placed in your hand to wield with precision? Precision. Why do I feel like I can't talk this morning? Use that. Use whatever God's given you and wield that. Slay the giants of life with that. Okay, so let me go back. Oh my Lord. Guys, if uh, you see on my Instagram that there's a cat for sale, it's because right now I did it. I'm going to have to put this junk on pause and beat her. Please hold. Okay, I didn't really beat my cat. I just gave her the look of please leave and she did. Anyways, we're back, and I've completely lost my train of thought, so I'm just going to close this junk out and say, I love you, you are important, you are important to the kingdom, and you are important to me. So, say yes to hard things, embrace who God made you to be, and just use what you got, because it matters to the world, it matters to the kingdom, and yes, my friends, it matters to me. Because it's all about you, my friends, today. You've got this. You are now in a place after these nine weeks where you are ready to truly begin to lead yourself, lead others, and step into life battles like someone who knows who they are and like someone who knows one day God will give them keys to a kingdom. So don't get discouraged. Keep your head up. Um, just get in the Word and pray. Pray a lot. <laughs> and believe in yourself. Seriously. You getting this matters more than you know. So, well... That's really all I got today, and uh, thank you to everyone who's left a review. I may have cried as I read them. Uh, make sure you're following me and Creative Church on Insta. And um, seriously, guys, uh, I just love you, weirdos. Slay away.